you are listening to the Foamy Heads Podcast, where we discuss craft beer and anything else that accompanies a glass. Welcome back to another episode of the Foamy Heads, where we discuss craft beer and anything that accompanies a glass. I'm your co-host, Rich, hanging out in Murfreesboro with Mitch, the other co-host. We're just chilling today. Whiskey and Sticks, Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro's newest premium cigar lounge. Mitch, how you doing today, man? Doing great. Yeah. Well, now I'm doing great. You're doing good now. <laughs> you look like you're relaxed over there. You got a cigar going and, and everything. Got the headphones on. Oh, yeah. We coming in clear? We sounding good? Very clear. Awesome. It's, uh well, today's Sunday. Probably not when we release it, but it's Sunday today and um, weekend before Memorial Day where we celebrate our country's greatest fallen soldiers. And we're just kind of hanging out and respecting the space today. Whiskey and Sticks, we've got the master Charles in the house today, owner, entrepreneur of Whiskey and Sticks Cigar Lounge. How's it going, Charles? Doing well, brother. Glad you guys finally was able to come into the space. Yeah. I like that hat you got going right well, there. You know, brother, you got to look the part. <laughs> he looks relaxed, Mitch, doesn't he? Hell yeah. Uh, Vacation very, mode. I'm very relaxed today, gentlemen. Vacation it's, it's, mode. It's a, it's a good day, but thanks for the comment on the hat. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, like we've been talking to you for, I mean, months now, and we'll get into, and I guess in a couple minutes where, how we met, but tell us a little bit about yourself real quick before we just jump right into everything. Okay. Well, again, guys, I appreciate the opportunity to come and speak with your audience today. Uh, I am CL Treese, uh, originally from Marstown, Tennessee. I'm a, I'm a country boy, uh, right there in the, in the mountains. Uh, my father moved us to uh, Murfreesboro uh, around 1985. So I've been in Murfreesboro for a couple of years. Uh, went to high school here at Murfreesboro, Oakland. Had the pleasure to have back-to-back state runner-ups playing football. Uh, didn't win the big championship, but that's fine. We At least we were we was there back-to-back my junior and senior year. Uh, so we were able to do that. Uh, then went off to college, uh, did some other things, and uh, you know, got into the sales part of uh, the industry. I love sales. Uh, was able to develop a career out of that. Uh, You've then, got quite a history of entrepreneurship too. I, I think you've I, done I everything do. in the service industry to, yes. I mean, everything. So sometimes that is good and bad. Mm. Uh, I think I'm a glutton for punishment on most days. Uh, this actually be my seventh business, uh, Whiskey and Sticks. Uh, but all my businesses have been kind of service oriented. Uh, so it just felt comfortable, the natural transition of all the culmination of all my entrepreneur uh, businesses to make this the trifecta of all that. And that, that makes sense. I mean, the cigar industry is, is sales, it's hospitality, uh, it's retail. I mean, it's everything in once. Like when somebody walks through the door of a place like this, you immediately have a finite amount of time to make that first impression. Absolutely. But with a place like this, they're, they're I hate to say it, but they're almost judging you and your business every single step of the way. 
not just from when they walk in, you know, if, if it's not like when they walk in and, and you meet their first impression and you're good, they're good for the rest of the, of their stay. You've got to keep hitting those, those marks and checking those boxes every step of the way. What do you have in inventory? Do you have something that I want? Is my chair going to be relaxing? Is my experience going to be good overall? And, and only when they walk out the door do they make a decision as to whether or not they want to make Absolutely. a return trip. Absolutely. That, that is correct. And that's one of the things that before I even started doing this was to go visit those cigar lounges. Uh, there's so many uh, in the Middle Tennessee uh, area that I visited and some outside, you know, other states, Alabama, uh, the Carolinas, uh, Florida, uh, you know, some of those places. So you kind of pick and choose what works for you uh, in the in the feed. Uh, you kind of want to, you know, well, let me back up. The, my thing is the customer service. I would probably say I probably got the best customer service because the vision that I want to do, uh, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is I'm not going to have any TVs in here because I want your attention to be on the cigar. I want you to teach the attention to be on the customer service. You know, we offer a white glove service, which it was done in the speakeasy times, but now that's kind of been lost in the art because now, uh, to be honest, cigars is is one of those things where it really didn't hit the market until uh, Cigar Aficionado came out, but it was for the elite people. You know, you had the movie stars, the the dictators, the, the presidents, all those people that were, it was it was a rich man's game. Uh, but now it has become where it's, you know, it has become mainstream, so to speak. And the cigars have really uh, came down to a modest point where it's affordable for everybody. So now the whole dynamic has changed because now you have guys that have been smoking for 40 years and then you have a guy that's been smoking for four minutes. Right. So, but the common uh, the common thing is the cigar, and that what makes it so beautiful doing that. I can't tell how many times I've, how many different walks of life that I've come across. I would never, ever, ever interact with, just because work balances. Well, mine's not a balance of work and life, but because of my industry that I'm in. Very rarely do I come across um, firefighters, policemen, uh, hedge fund managers, millionaires, and real estate moguls and all that kind of stuff. But when you sit down with a cigar and you're next to or across from somebody or sharing the same room with somebody that you would have never, ever come across paths with, the commonality is the the stick that you're holding in your hands. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Right. So I'm more at home working than ever just because of the pandemic. I barely get out and then a month's gone by, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's right. It's a weird cave to be in these days. And I, I need to venture out more cigar shops. Give you that opportunity mm-hmm. more so than some craft beer areas or yeah. businesses. It's just, you get way more of a conversation at a cigar mm-hmm. shop. And uh, that's something I've been really missing the past few years. Good point. Um, craft beer is a unique industry in and of itself because you have you have people that come to a brewery mm-hmm. or people that come to a tasting room or a bottle shop, and they they have 
they all have one goal in mind is to sit down and experience a beer that they've never had before, a new style that they haven't had before. Right. But they are there for beer yeah. and they're there for conversation about the beer. Cigar shops are different in a sense that, you know, maybe my first maybe my first take is, hey, I need to run up to whiskey and sticks or I want to run up to whiskey and sticks tonight because I either need to refill my humidor or maybe I need to do something. But in reality, I'm not going up there to say I'm going to go check out the new cigar. Maybe I am. Yeah. Maybe I'm going up there to see, you know, what's new and, and something. But really, when I'm looking for a cigar, I'm just looking for whatever my mood is in the moment i'm not going there with an objective other than to relax mm -hmm. and then from there i just i meet people and then we have conversations so the the mindset of a cigar lounge is different absolutely than the craft beer industry a little more relaxing yeah right well one of the things that i can correlate the two with with the breweries and and the tobacco is that it's a process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the process is the same you have you know you whatever that you know wheats and whatever that stuff is used tobacco goes through the same process so i look at it as all even with the wine industry the whiskey industry all those kind of have a time frame that yields that specific taste that you're looking for so in that aspect it's very fascinating mm. uh for that but the process is still the same everything goes through steps everything goes through steps yes uh, but I, I absolutely my first love is actually was beer mm. uh and now uh, you know you had you had several beers that were back in the early 90s but you didn't have the craft beers that you have today right and it's just blown up sure have. so now uh, you have very <laughs> a lot of variations of so basically you have a taste for everything mm. even if you want to make up a taste in your head <laughs> right you have something that can kind of fit that narrative, you know, for your taste buds. Definitely. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. It, it, I didn't expect Nashville to have grown so much in the craft beer scene. It, it's wild now these days. If I, if you have a hankering for anything, you just got to go to one of the breweries and they've, they've got it Absolutely. covered. It's, Absolutely. I'm not thirsty for anything rare anymore like I used to, That like distribution-wise for craft beer. Now, uh, I'm a little... I'm still new to cigars. Like uh, I know a few local people, main, mainly just one, I guess, Crowned Heads. Uh, and, uh, you know, Rich kind of educates me throughout each experience at a cigar shop. Right, so right. Um, that, I think you're the one that got me into cigars anyway, too. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd never known really, you know, if you haven't been to a cigar shop before and no one's really brought you in, it's kind of like a... Who's here? What's what should I get? What would I like? You got a lot of questions going through your head. I think yeah, that's that's a good point. And Charles, when when we first came up here the first night, and we'll talk about in a second how right. we all met. But when we came up here to the shop, and it was in its infancy stages, like Absolutely. you had just started the building, you had right. you had I don't think you had even demoed anything. Like everything was still in its original right. form. Right. And we, we was having a visionary meeting that day. It was. <laughs> yeah. We were sitting. So right. none of this was like this was walled off completely. Right. We weren't even sitting in this area. Right. And we were over there and everything was real dark. And um, you had mentioned you were like, you know, it's a good space to be in. It's right close to the square. There's all kinds of walks of life and businesses that work there. But you had mentioned that when you when somebody walks into this shop, you know, 
you want to give them a different experience than what they get from other yes. cigar lounges. They yes. don't, you know, when you when you walk into a cigar lounge, most of the time, I mean, there's normally somebody there to help out and whatnot, but you actually have to have some sort of ideal on where to start, but that's not everybody. Right. Somebody can walk in and have no idea where they want to go and where the whole white glove service with Charles comes in is he can take you through every step of the way. And he immediately knows, I've noticed, he immediately knows what your uh, knowledge base is when you walk in with just a couple of questions and a statement, and he kind of knows where to start with you. But immediately, if, a, if, a, if a, a junior walks in or somebody that's not, you know, not familiar at all with someplace mm-hmm. like this, you know immediately how to get them started and start picking out something. They don't have to ask that question. Right. They don't have to feel embarrassed because you automatically know where to start with them. Right. And and you know and that's where the customer service comes in. I've been to several uh, you know cigar lounges where they just don't take the time to do that. And I understand it, but so that's not their that's not their uh, that's not their business model. You know they're in the industry to sell cigars. I understand that. But I wanted to flip that. Selling cigars is easy, but selling the, the experience and the customer service is what really prides us and sets us apart. And not asking those questions that make somebody feel inferior because you don't know who you, you can be talking to an enthusiast or you can talk to a beginner. You still don't want to offend them, which you easily can do. But if you ask the right questions, they kind of tell you what leads you down. Uh, with us being uh, you know 80% boutique, is that we have to do a lot of comparison. So our knowledge has to be uh, fairly accurate uh, when we're comparing if someone wants to come in and, and wants a Placencia and, you know, we don't carry that or a Perdomo or, you know, a Crown Head or anything like that, even to your Drew Estates, the, uh, you know, the sweet, sweet. You have to have something that's comparable to. You're not going to get exact on it, but if I can get, if I can get, Three out of the five palette choices that you're looking, I think I'm done pretty good. So that that's that's where that customer service comes in, and and this mainly this is listening first. Yeah, you gotta listen. Being able to get close, not exact. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, where. So we just cracked open a beer, and and I wanna I wanna have a discussion about how that pairs with what we're smoking because yes. I want to get into what we're smoking too. Yes. Um. So we just cracked open a. I don't remember what year this is. I think this is a. Yeah, it's a 2020. Um, Goose Island Bourbon County brand stout. So this is a um, imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. Absolutely. Um, from, I think, going on two years old. Uh, does it say August? Oh, drink by. Okay, so it's got a 2025 drink by date. I didn't even know Bourbon County brand stouts had an expiration date or a I best drink either. by date. It's good that they do, though. Some people yeah. hold on to these things way too long. Way too right. long. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we had our experience that with Dark Lord Day last <laughs> yeah. weekend when we popped open a 2008 Dark Lord Day Imperial Stout, and it was basically like melted Hershey's chocolate. It didn't even it, wasn't it didn't even, even pour. Yeah, right. sludge. Right. So it, I'm interested to see how this works with um, the cigars that we're sipping on today. So um, this one right here again, uh, intense aromas of charred oak, vanilla, caramel, and smoke, which goes perfectly with a cigar. Absolutely. I the, think yes. super heavy on the nose. Yeah, it's got a nice nose to it. Yeah. And Charles is a big fan of dark beers. Ah. That is his that is his thing. Oh wow, brother. He immediately opens up your nose when you drink it. Yeah. I get that vanilla. Definitely vanilla oh, yeah. on on that front end. Yep. But as it comes as it goes down though, you kinda 
kind of feel the stoutness mm-hmm. going down and the bourbon hint. Yeah. You know, one thing about the beer that's in the bourbon, you always get that, well, you sense that you're getting that that bourbon hug. And I like that with the beer because it, I'm drinking something. Nothing against the guys who drink IPAs or, you know, the light beers. There's nothing wrong with that. That's your, that's your thing. But I, I like to feel uh, the burn. I like to feel the taste. I want it to be bold, just like cigars. You know, you want to do that. And we're pairing uh, a Blanco uh, series. Uh, this is the second third, right? It's the second third. It's, uh, it's from their Cigar Obsession line. Uh, and that's a great segue that I am now the Tennessee State rep for Blanco. Uh, it was official on last week. Uh, so uh, one of the things that I met with David Blanco, uh, David is, is, is truly has a heart for uh, the cigar industry. But one thing about Dave that I know, he, you're going to get what you get with him. He, 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 he does not back down with anything that he does. And I think that's good for business because if that's your brand and that's who you are, you shouldn't sugarcoat it for anybody. And that's one thing I love about him. He is who he is. People think he's abrasive. People think I'm abrasive. People might think you're abrasive. But if you walk in who you are and that's your brand, you're going to push it. So that's why I was more than happy to come aboard uh, with David and his line and be able to rep that for that. But how do you think it goes with with that? I, I'm I'm a fan. Uh, I think that so. There's three of them in this this line, right? There's yes. the first third. There's the second third, and then there's the I think they call third. it the final third. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I had an opportunity to smoke the first third the other night. Charles gave me a, a sample of that and let me let me experience that. And that was that was medium body ish. Right. Uh, maybe a little bit more on the full starting out, but it mellowed out as the cigar went through. But the flavor stayed the same the Absolutely. entire way through. Yes. If I could have roach clipped that thing all the way down, I would have. <laughs> I think I got down to the last no, you got, inch. Yeah, you got down to it, and, and you just had to give it up. I couldn't do it anymore. It's, got, like, it's it, not that it got hot. My lips were right there. My right. mustache was starting to catch fire. and <laughs> I put it out because I had to, not because right. I wanted to. Right. This one, the second third, is um, it's milder. Um, but it still has the same smooth yes. kick, the, the same smoothness that the first third has. But this one is definitely more mild than the the first third. But that, I think, speaks to how a cigar burns because when you start up a cigar immediately, you normally get, especially if your palate's not warmed Absolutely. up and right. ready, right. you get that, that kick in the face. It's either hot or it's peppery right. or something like that. And it takes a little while for you to get adjusted to that. Absolutely. And then once the cigar mellows out, then you're like, okay, now I'm able to to kind of taste all the flavors that come with it. Right. Right. This representing the second third is kind of like the second part of the cigar where everything is, has smoothed out mm-hmm. and now your palate's ready and you're able to just enjoy right. it. Right. So I very much like this cigar to go with this beer. It's almost an it's almost an opposite. The Bourbon County brand stout gives you you called it like that warm hug going right. down, right? Right. And then you immediately follow it up with something smooth and mild. It's it's a very it's a it balances things out in a sense that not that they're very similar, right. but you're on the opposite ends of the seesaw. One right. is really really strong, the other one's really mild, and it just kind of evens itself out. Right. Now we have to mention too that Maddie. He is smoking the Luge Morpheus number four box press. That's right. Mitch has a different cigar than yes. we do. His got yeah. the Luge. It's Luge. L U L U 
J. J. L U J. Anniversary number four. Yes. How's that one tasting, Mitch? Good. It's a uh, kind of peppery. Mm. Got a little bit of a peppery note to it, and uh, that that beer is really uh, kind of overpowering a little bit. But I'm only just beginning on this, mm. so I know flavor usually starts really setting in the further down I get. Right. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this goes with a warmed up bourbon county stout so right. that way both have their big flavors going on right and and just to mention too i have to give a i have to give a a, a good shout out to luge cigars uh they're um the the group this here uh joanne and, and art they're fabulous people uh they uh believed in my vision as well as blanco mm-hmm. both those guys have, have kind of helped me along the way uh and they are salt of the earth people uh and they have a great product uh so a quick story about the owner luge uh he passed away in march 2020 uh but uh, joanne art they wanted to keep his name alive so they actually took it upon themselves to uh invest in the brand and be able to bring that brand to tennessee uh and i'm you know every time i call them they're 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 johnny on the spot uh, if I need something, they'll they'll come and they'll do it. They've restocked everything. So I'm going to keep them around uh, because that box press is really one of my best sellers right now. I love the box press. I'm it getting is, coffee selling. notes on it now. Yeah. It's nice. Coffee notes? Is yeah. That yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. Well, here's the thing. I love, I love the cigar industry and in the industry because guess what? It's up to your interpretation, mm-hmm. what you taste. And we can actually fool ourselves sometimes because now when we when we go and smoke that, we're going to swear we, we taste <laughs> coffee, coffee notes. <laughs> but that's the power of the senses, right? Mm. But you get that, and that brings out. And one thing I like about this particular beer is just like the bourbon or anything else that we've been drinking, mm. it doesn't go away with the smoke. Mm-hmm. So you actually, when you blow that smoke out, it's literally cleansing your palate. But I love when I'm tasting that second draw or third draw, still have that on my tongue mm. it just blends all that together that's a good point and you bring and you brought up something interesting just a second ago about um <laughs> oh my mind literally just went blank right now uh backtracking a little bit talking about box press cigars god damn it it's gone now oh, it'll come <laughs> back oh i had a good thought to bring up <laughs> the too. beer just oh, started <laughs> oh yeah i haven't even drank that much beer and it's already affecting <laughs> right, me today right, right. no i remember now um that's why I like to shy away from the top 25 cigar aficionados of the year. You know, like I, I respect the professional reviews and advice. Um, but two things that stuck out to me as I was working um, at various cigar shops, either in Hendersonville or Mount Juliet, was that one, whenever I read what they what they put in the description, I always in my mind had to try hard to try to find that and i subconsciously thought i was tasting it when i really wasn't and then number two i feel like a lot of those professional writers especially in cigar aficionado are told what the cigar is supposed to taste like so they just regurgitate that onto the text you know the the rep says oh it's supposed to taste this with notes of this and notes of that and 70 percent of the time i'll i'll smoke the cigar they're number two cigar of the year or whatever and it'll cost me $25 and I'll go I didn't get half of what they said I was supposed to taste and oh by the way this loose cigar is twice as good and it's half the price 
Absolutely. Or, you know, or this Blanco cigar is 10 bucks or 12 bucks and it's half the price. And I had no recollection of what I was supposed to experience. Charles didn't give me anything to go on when we smoked them. When I smoked them that day, he just asked me immediately, what do you taste? Mm. I kind of didn't know what to say. So I had mm -hmm. to go back and pull out of my mind what I tasted. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And I never knew if I was wrong or right, but I guess it doesn't matter because it's what I taste, right, not what I'm right. supposed and, to and, taste. And, and, you know, we had this discussion before is what you have eaten or drinking during that day, actually, it, it, it changes the flavor on that. So you can say that, mm. that you taste all that stuff, but whatever you had before, you know, you could have had a steak, you could have had fish, you could have had turkey, you could have drank wine, water, soda. So all those things, if you don't clean your palate, you know, I tell people, if you really want to get the true taste of anything, mm. drink some water, get some ginger or something like that, something to really clean your palate out. And then you can experience what that really is. Mm -hmm. But who has time to drink a water when they come into cigar lounge? You know, no one's really coming in and saying, oh, I want to taste earthy notes and, and leather today. <laughs> right. you know, I've never heard anybody say that. Mm. But depending on your palate, you might taste that. But also that is, that affects. And another thing, too, is that I've seen a lot of people, well, this cigar is terrible. It comes back to where you had before. What was you doing before that? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's good to ask, okay, what did you have today? What's the last thing you, what's the last thing you eat or drink? And that also gives you a telltale sign of what, okay, well, let me pair something with that to kind of continue that. Yes. So you have to, you have, to have just, you know, like I say, you don't have to have hit everything. Yeah. But just get in the ballpark. Yeah, the last cigar shop I went to and just working remotely just to have something while I work away for my day, there was a few patrons in there who they tried a new cigar from uh, whoever was taking care of them. And then they immediately just kind of in five to 10 minutes, maybe 15, they gave it a chance, but they just did not like it. Right. But none of those questions were asked. Right. So it was just who knows what they had. They may have had a cigarette before coming in, you know. Absolutely. So. I don't know exactly what that does, switching back and forth from the two, but um, I, I'm curious. I'm That coffee note that I'm tasting, it may be from partially this stout mm. as well. And uh, there's a roastiness that's mm -hmm. really present now after taking a few sips of this Bourbon County stout, stout while smoking on this. So I don't know. It's been a, it's really enjoyable right now it could be the cigar or it could be the beer uh together they, it's yeah. golden man yeah now you know that 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 now that cigar press is 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 it packs a, it packs a little punch too as well mm. so i mean you're, you're gonna and that's why i wanted you to try that uh because it, it it is it is actually it's very good and i'm not just saying because i'm carrying it mm. i was a fan of it even before i i put it out uh you know in my humidor mm. so it, it is it is very good Box presses are interesting because you get to you get to push down when you when you watch them put the cigars into the molds, oh. and then they put the wooden block on top of it, and then they just crank this thing down on top of it. At least that's what it was when I was visiting the Rocky Patel factories in Honduras. But you're pressing it down, literally box press, and that it takes those oils from the the wrapper on the outside and it pushes them underneath into right. the binder and it takes that flavor and it pushes it inside to the cigar. Mm. Whereas you know in a in a regular cigar. You know, well, just like box press, your wrapper can attribute anything from 20% to 80% of the flavor, you know, depending on ring gauge thickness and all that kind of stuff. But when you're smoking a box press, it takes all those oils from the outside of the wrapper and pushes them inside and it gives you a whole different experience. 
and they're comfortable to smoke. Oh, yeah. This V-cut was definitely the right decision, by the way. Thank you. Nice. No, this no. is awesome. Glad you got you like that. And, you know, one thing, too, is I, I love a sexy-looking cigar. It's something about it that it, it makes you want to enjoy that. And a lot of people don't really take the time to really understand that when that cigar has, get, has gotten to you, it's been 300 sets of hands has put their hands on it from from the beginning of mm. it to the end user you have to value that sometimes mm. you know you have to really that, that there's really some thought process put into that and i often wonder why people rush a cigar you can't really rush it and that's one thing that we you know i had a group of guys in here and ladies yesterday they came in and the discussion was you know time and mm. i told them well we don't have time i said I don't agree with that. And we had this discussion. Cigar makes you slow down time. Mm. You cannot rush a cigar. You will have the worst experience in your life. So cigar slows down your time. And that's one of the things that I ask people to come in. The first thing I ask is, what's your level of commitment today? Mm. And that also helps me to usher you into the right direction. If you're only looking for, if you only have 30 minutes, then I have a 30 minute smoke. I have a Luz Figurado, small, potent smoke. If you got an hour or so, I have the box press. I have the Blanco nines, which is slick rig. That's what you like. I'm bringing those in. And that's, yeah. and you know, the Blanco nine is an hour and 30 minute smoke. You're not, mm. you're not going to rush that thing. So just whatever the commitment is, mm. you know, the commitment to time, that's the major thing. And I tell you that you can't get your time back by smoking a cigar. If we, really just, if we were to sit down and really think about it. Very true. Very true. Yeah. It, there's no way I could race through a cigar. There's no way. You have to take that time. It's the same concept with beer. Mm. And it's the same concept with smoked meats, I feel, as, as off topic as that is. But you can't. You know, people always talk about they go to a, a barbecue joint or, you know, and then they spend 14 or $15 on a sandwich and then they get upset that they spend so much money. But right. like, do you know how many hours it took from the time they're able to get that raw cut of meat until it makes it into your hands? There's no, you can't, you can't fast track the smoking process. They call it slow, low and slow for a reason. You can't crank your smoker up to 400 degrees and cook a brisket in four hours <laughs> right. and be done and get the same consistency absolutely you're gonna have to smoke that thing for 10 hours 11 hours 12 hours overnight put some yeah. commitment into it and the same goes with like charles said a cigar mm -hmm. it you know if you're sitting there puffing on it like a freight train trying to get through an hour and a half cigar in 30 minutes you're going to leave disappointed. Yeah. You're going to be sick. You're not going to feel well. Right. And then you're going to feel like you didn't have a good experience either. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and and nine times out of ten, unfortunately, they blame that on a cigar. Ugh. That's why I ask those questions. If you ask, if you if you're able to to ask those questions, then you kind of can guide that experience. And like I said, the other cigar lounges, they don't have the time to do that. And it's and, and like I said, that's the business model. But my business model here is because of the size of the lounge, it's controllable. Mm -hmm. And everybody that comes in that door will have a personal experience. It, it won't be rushed. It won't be uh, not be able to ha have a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, question and getting pulled to the side. 
you know, it's all about education. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. We, we're here to educate uh, and to also learn. I've been taught a lot of things, too, by having really guys that's been smoking, you know, 15, 20 years more than I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, and these guys have it down to a science. Uh, and they're the old school guys. And, and, and that's knowledge, but having that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, coming into it where, you know, it's okay if you know cigars. That's fine. But in this setting, no one, no one, no one really cares about that. Really, mm-hmm. everybody's coming here to enjoy the aviance, to enjoy what it has to offer, and also we're the first one in Murfreesboro cigar lounge just like this. Mm-hmm. Now there, there are some coming. I've been talking to some other guys that are coming into the into the space. Murfreesboro is big enough for that. Yeah. And I welcome that because everybody has a unique difference. Mm. And I don't see anything as competition. The only competition is me when I get up in the morning and, and debating if I'm going to come get in here at 9 o'clock or I'm going to get in here at 10 o'clock <laughs> <laughs> to open up the doors, you know, really. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's never competition. And for you for yous out there to think that it's competition in the cigar lounge industry, there's not. There, there's really not because everybody has a different type of aspect to their vision. Mm. And that's why those guys that are starting here, shout out to Tim, uh, the Vault Cigar Lounge, mm. him and his partner, they are some of my best friends. And we're working together. I want those guys to be successful because that's needed. Yeah. And to also give honor and respect to Mike at the Human Door. He has set the tone and is making everybody step up to do that. He's the, you know, he he's been the man, and he he deserves that respect going forward. However, there's enough room for everybody, and I welcome that. I welcome his clients to go up there and buy a cigar and come and enjoy a space here to smoke with me. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it was competition, I wouldn't even consider that. Mm. But no, I have a beautiful space here, you know. And we talked; uh, it's set up pretty nice, and the investment was made in here for people to come in and have an enjoyable experience you know for that and it's a different it's a different line of business i mean it's a it's a different business model mm. looking at the humidor versus looking at whiskey and sticks it's it's two i mean walk into the humidor and you know it's you're you're walking in and you're encompassed and you're surrounded by the cigars you're almost walking literally into the humidor you're grabbing your sticks some people sit outside um You've got your regulars that sit right in the chair to the left when you mm. walk in, and don't you dare sit in that chair when you come in, you know. But and then you've got the you've got the people. I, I feel like most of the people, if they're not a regular from the humidor, they're going in to get their stash and they're leaving. Mm. Uh, but it's a separate business model. Whereas at Whiskey and Sticks, the humidor is one section of the whole shop. You've got this lounge here, and and probably after the rinse break, once we once we crack open the Oh, yeah. the the whiskey over there but once we get back from that and we start doing that i want to talk a little bit about the layout but essentially you've got you know two separate rooms here in this area two separate lounges they've got two different feels and then you've got the humidor kind of that bridges between that and what ends up being the vip area back there where it's a whole nother room in a whole different mm-hmm. space and it's designed for you to sit and relax and smoke and it's a whole different business model from some of the other shops in Murfreesboro. If there are any other shops that do that in Murfreesboro, I know 
most places that sell cigars, either like liquor stores or beer shops, and then right. they have like a little humidor in the back that you can walk in and pick up and leave. This is a different model. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. And that was that was one of the main things is you know that we wanted to do. We, mm-hmm. I'm a different type of guy, so I wanted the business to be different. Just like you guys are, do, you know, different. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think the uniqueness of being different actually brings everybody together. You know, because Definitely. I think we all can exist in this area. You know, Murfreesboro is growing every day. Uh, we getting the people that are coming in. You know, we we got some we got some good structure. That needs some work, of course. Any any city that's growing like Murfreesboro needs work. But you also have to provide different avenues for people that's coming in. You know, from the area. So I think that you know, I, I love the word uniqueness. That's what we are. Definitely. Definitely a unique space. Yeah, I'm loving it. This is, uh, I think, the first time I've seen it since the last, well, we had a tour a few months ago. It was a few months ago. Yes. But before I don't think, open, I think, right? Before open, yeah. Yes. So this is the first time I've been here since open, I think. Yeah, it's been, it's oh, been, you, you've been missing in action, brother. We've been. been missing you. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, time Mitch does not lives, slow down. Mitch lives a weird marketing developer life where he's a night owl and, mm. and gets up early and works some and then goes somewhere and does things and then works again. Like, he's right. a, it's a whole different beast of a schedule yeah. for Mitch. <laughs> That's going to catch up to me one of these days. Yeah, it probably already has. We're already feeling it. Yeah. So here's what I think we should do. Let's jump off real quick. Let's take a quick rinse break. Let's get the glasses prepared again. Uh, and then when we come back from the rinse break, let's bust open the uh, Mitch, your share that you brought okay. as well. And then I want to get into a little bit about the shop and the history um, and then the business as a whole and kind of more of the structure modelings of like the memberships and things like that. And then we'll just keep the good times going from there. Sounds like a plan. We'll be right back. And we're back. We've got refilled glasses. Not beer this time, but we've got something a little bit stronger in the glasses. Still smoking the same cigars. Still got the uh, Luge box press with Mitch over there and the uh, the second thirds um, that I'm smoking over here. So this is, this is really, really, again, just like the first third, the flavor is staying the exact same the whole way through. And I'm getting to the point now. Charles, where I'm going to have to take the band off, but right. I always, always like keeping it on for a while. It melts that glue. It does. It does. And so many people make the mistake of immediately taking it off, and then you, 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 and you, you take some of the wrapper with you, it. You take the and you take the tobacco with you, and then mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you wonder why it's not firing right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, that's good. That's that's that 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 is what you're actually supposed to do, but it's preference to where everybody does yeah different strokes yeah i normally keep mine on until it gets to the point where i'm going to start smoking the the paper the band absolutely therefore i just go ahead and take it off right so i'll keep that note in mind mine got close and then i was like i'll go ahead and take this off (laughs) yeah probably best to do it then so what do we so before we jump into um a little bit about the shop mitch what are we what are we drinking so we we finished up the bourbon county brand stout and we've moved on to something a little bit stronger now, which probably this is this is more, well, the beer was a sipper too, but if this is probably more so of a sipper, absolutely than the beer, this is something we're going to want to drink very slowly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so this is Starlight Distillery from uh, I guess Carl T. Huber's single barrel bourbon whiskey finished in apple brandy barrels. This is a collaboration with Ghost Town or Selection by ghost town barrel number or whatever but 
yeah, we know somebody who is behind this, and that's mm-hmm. Shane. Yep. Um, he told me about it. He let me sample it from what he had on hand. It tastes amazing. That apple brandy is something else, man. And the nose is pretty hot. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to get back into it. Um, the back sticker. I'd forgot this had it. It was a. Uh, it's Mr. Oh. Poopy Butthole and. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, what's the guy, the father's name from Rick and Morty? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's one of my daughters. They, they love Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. The, uh, so, yeah, this is a Ghost Town label sticker, I guess, from back Boy, here. that apple brandy. I, I went ahead and jumped ahead. I took a sip. That thing shines, man. Yeah. Wow, bro. That thing is, su- I mean, it, you want to talk about a warm hug? Now that has a hug, Doc. <laughs> All the that, way down. That has a hug from 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 the teeth down to your toes. <laughs> My tongue's burning a little bit from that too. That's but you know, a, but this you know, and the cigar. But you know what? When Ooh. I when I drank this and then I took a pull of cigar, it quietened it down Ooh. from the taste buds. Very nice. Mm. Yeah, it sure did. Mm. <clears throat> That's a really good combination. Oh, that is that is delicious oh man mitch what's the does it have the the yeah. proof on it or the abv because this is 112 proof okay percent. yes oh, 55 percent alcohol by volume yeah this yeah. is nice brother yeah <coughs> Eight, oh aged five years yeah five that years is, yeah i'm trying i'm trying to determine if i would if i would continue drinking this neat or if i were to maybe cut it with a little bit of an ice cube or something like that because yeah. i don't want to i don't want to diminish the flavor from this thing mm, right i almost want to keep it as neat as i can but it is it is very strong but at the same time very enjoyable yeah i i might cut it with some water just to see what mm. happens here in a yeah bit. It, it probably open it up a little bit when you throw a little drops of water in there yeah yeah but it's it's, it's nice that's now that right there as we say in the Southern Baptist Church, that a preach right there. <laughs> that's good. That's that's nice. That'll that's preach. really nice. So let's get a little bit into kind of how this whole thing came together. Okay. Uh, Mitch and I were at the um, the Burrow Beards and Brews event put on by Panther Creek, uh, probably eight months ago six months ago eight months ago something Somewhere like that. it was there. a while right, back right. It was third quarter last year or something, was it right? wow yeah. okay yeah. yeah and uh the the weather was a little sticky outside it was a little warm it was warm yeah and uh <laughs> we were just out doing our thing panther creek was doing slushy sours oh and yeah always doing what they do best just putting out good beer they had food yes. trucks they had um can of fam there i mean just a whole bunch of excuse me um a whole bunch of vendors there relaxing and i immediately smelled cigars when i walked over there <laughs> alec and mitch i go someone's smoking a cigar i don't know i don't know where it's coming from and i look over and there's this six foot nine eight <laughs> linebacker looking dude <laughs> with a top hat panel back shirt you know selling cigars yes and i was like I want a cigar, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Mitch also wanted a cigar. Absolutely. So we went up and had a conversation a little bit. I think we settled on a Connecticut because yes. it was it was it was very hot. It that was day. warm yes. outside, yes. and Maduro wasn't gonna that wasn't gonna be the move. I didn't even think about temperature with what kind of cigar to have, and that was right. a really and that, solid. And, call. and I, I that vague, was his recommendation. Yeah, I vaguely remember because uh-huh. you know when, when you drink like that and that <laughs> sun was ninety plus degrees, Ooh. it was smoking. 
You didn't need a double Maduro that day. You you you'll still be laying on the concrete. Uh-huh. <laughs> that concrete was hot. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was. It was hot. We were uh, on the blacktop that yes, day. Yes. And so we were just talking and we introduced ourselves and come to find out this gentleman's gonna be opening up a cigar lounge in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. And we got his information, we got his card, and we just kind of kept touch kept in touch throughout the months that followed. And uh now here we are. Yes. I mean, this place is it's open. It's thriving. We've we've been here a few times, and we got a chance to see. We talked about it at the beginning, just the bare bones inception of this place, mm-hmm. and each time the little bit more progress came through, and then eventually it started like exponentially moving along. Yes, and now we're sitting here in a completely open shop with chairs and tables and ventilation systems. Good ones, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. There's Amazing. no no smoke hits you in the face when you walk in uh-uh. to a place like this. So, Charles, tell us a little bit about kind of how your your mindset and what you wanted to do here and starting okay. this place up. Okay. So, uh, the beginning of uh, Whiskey and Sticks, it was right uh, during the pandemic area. Uh, I was uh, actually renovating a home down on Main Street, uh, and... Uh, Woke up one Sunday and just woke up one Sunday and was just kind of tired of sitting around and not having that social interaction. So I immediately went to my phone and I simply sent out a text saying, whiskey and sticks at the mansion at three o'clock. That was the basic premise of the text that was sent out to a couple of my guys so the guys came down and we had a wraparound porch. So we were sitting there and just, you know, drinking some good whiskey and smoking some cigars. And that kind of developed into uh, a monthly thing once a month. Then it became every Sunday and then it became twice a week. So, uh, and when, during that whole process, it, it kept growing kept growing, kept growing. And when the home was sold on uh, Main Street, I had a last hurrah. And there were so many people over there that our neighbors was allowing the cars to park in their driveways because it was just that big. So uh, one of the things that everybody was was telling was, where where are we going now? Where where are we going to have now? I said, well, I don't know. Uh, so they kind of died down and then, uh, uh, took a, uh, a job in Nashville doing private security for, uh, in the political arena. And once that contract was up, I, I had enough of that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to come back to Murfreesboro and probably need to start looking about whiskey and sticks. So when I moved back down here, uh, we're looking, looking at spaces around here and, because of the growth of Rutherford County and in Murfreesboro, they're looking for, you know, people to come in that have big businesses. So the places that I was looking at was not designed for one or two man show. So that was a little bit out of my ballpark, but it allowed me to really look at some spaces. Now, the strange thing about the space that we're in now, I looked at this space before I started, uh, it was a clothing store. It was, it was Gresham's Fine Men Clothing. 
And I knew Mr. Gretsch because I used to work for him when he was in several businesses here in in the state of you know in in Middle Tennessee. Mr. Gresham is the gentleman that owns this yes. building. Yes, he's the one that owns the building. Yeah. So his space what became available. But when I came in, I immediately thought it's, it's too small. It's just too small for what I want to do because I had these grandiose ideas about you know I wanted to have a twenty five hundred square foot building. I want to do this and do that and do that. But as I started looking. And it started really developing my business model. I can't serve 50, 60 people. And with that, that would cause me to lose my customer service ability. Because I feel that's where I'm most effective was in my customer service ability. So went and looked at some other places. But when I came back here, uh, another space came available. So I said, you know what, I'm... I'm I think I'm going to go ahead and just plant my roots here. So we planted our roots here. Uh, and then while I was in here looking at stuff, doing my vision build out, uh, the third portion of the building became available. So I was like, okay, wow. Now, now it's similar to my vision of being able to have a space. So uh, we signed the contract. I started the process of coming in here and just kind of looking. And I spent countless hours just sitting in each room, just kind of visualizing what it would look like. Uh, and I had, you know, I did what everybody else would do. I pulled out pictures from the magazines. Uh, it's a particular magazines that I like. It's called The Rob Report. And it's kind of the upper echelon. It shows a lot of upscale type things. But my thought process was, how can I have upscale at a reasonable price that it, that because I always wanted to have a place where it's enjoyable, but not pass that on to the customers. Cause I, I didn't think that was fair. So in this process, I started really thinking, Hey, I can do this. I can do this myself. And, uh, I have to give a shout out to my daughter, Hillary, cause Hillary was, uh, at home during the summer. And she really stepped in and she really helped me do a lot of the heavy lifting. And at the time she was uh, 16 years old. So she helped me uh, and she's a great part. She helped me. And then I had a couple other gentlemen that came in to help me. And we really turned this into uh, the vision, what you see now. Uh, the uniqueness of this building was that I built the VIP first. Because I wanted that, I wanted to be able to have a place where people can come and I could show them the vision, but also come to the other part where, where we're in now to show them this is going to be the general area to build from there. And that kind of worked for me. So uh, that's kind of how when you guys came, we were, you know, after I did all the build out, the VIP, that's where we did most of our smoking and stuff like that. But I didn't have the... Uh, the ventilation system in here yet. Uh, so we kind of came in and I, I remember once a week I have a smoke out. So I have about 15, 20 people in here and we just smoke. Yes. Just to see what was going on, just to see where the smoke was going and stuff like that. But, but I did some research is that actually when we were doing it, it actually cured the building, which was strange. So when you came in, the building has a natural tobacco smell, but it's not overbearing. 
So I was like, okay, because when everybody comes in here, the first thing they say, this is not a cigar lounge. I said, well, why do you ask? It doesn't smell like it. It's not smoky. It's not smoky. Huh. Uh, so, you know, we was kind of doing some things like that, and it kind of worked to our advantage. And then we came in, uh, and we did a lot of stuff to kind of get it where we were. So fast forward to when we finally got this side open, I started inviting people to come over and just see the vision. I didn't have any colors or anything on the wall yet because it was still something that we was trying to, you know, mend together. But I wanted to see in its bare form what would be the reaction of people that came in here. So just with the bare minimum of nothing being done, people said, oh, man, okay, we can we, we can see where you're going with this. Uh, so we started at, adding color splotches and doing things like that. So that business model, as it was growing and building, I started adding other things to it. Uh, but the plan changed probably 15 to 20 times uh, because I wanted to make sure it was the right thing to do that. But I also understood that sometimes you have to get out your own way and let other people say, hey, you're okay. This is fine where we're at right here. So I started listening to uh, members because I was selling membership at the time. So my members were my members were able to come in during that time and have a place to smoke. That's why I had the VIP ready for them because I knew I wanted to go ahead and start selling memberships. So they were here from day one in the VIP section. And sometimes they would come over there and they'd be smoking. I'd be on this side working, nailing, doing a lot of stuff. So they would actually still be able to enjoy that. Uh, so that, that was really, uh, it, it made me feel very well because I knew I was on to something, especially with the customer service. And like I said, I, I think I'm a customer service, then I'm a cigar lounge, to, to be honest with you. Uh, because that was one of the things that I, when I was doing my, um, looking at all these other places in Nashville, like, like we discussed before, other states, they didn't really have a customer service component. They really didn't take the time to, to really talk to these people. I said, well, you know what? I'm glad in my space, because I only have 1,100 square foot. But when you walk in here, you, you wouldn't think that because of how it's set up. You know, we got some very good space. Yeah, and it's distinct rooms too. Yes, the VIP, the VIP room in the back, Mitch, looks and feels different than the area out here where mm -hmm. we're sitting. All of them feel inviting and cozy and welcome. Yeah, it's just it's two distinct vibes when you go into right. the room in the back, right. you know, that's separated by that small hallway where you have the, the posi station and the, right. the lockers. Yes. Right. And then your humidor. Yes. Mm. And then when you make your way from there through that hallway into this, into the common space that's out here, it's, it's got a brick wall, you know, a brick accent wall. And then it's almost like a medium blue paint around black ceilings right hardwood floors in one area yes. and then concrete with uh, a nice rug in yes. the other area. Yes. So you're really getting three separate vibes in one building. Right. So it just depends on where you want to sit. Right. And it, and it, it didn't, it, it wasn't planned for that. Hmm. But once we got everything in here, it kind of made sense to do that because you want, you know, people are very visual, right? So when they come in and I purposely wanted to, close the door as you go into the VIP because I want people to kind of come in here first just to get the reaction. Mm. And most people that come in here, they see the chairs like, oh man, this is this is nothing over here. But when I take them over to the VIP, 
it pops, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And with me being in sales all my life, you always want to maintain people's uh, expression. Mm. So when you come in, so lower expression on this side, but when they go over there, they're like, oh, wow. It's just a shock value. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. I want to have that shock value. But with that, that comes a cost to come to the VIP section. And I felt that I needed a separation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not because, you know, it's not about it's not about um, being better than anybody else. But, it, you know, we always strive in our life to do better. So I wanted I wanted people to come in here and say, hey, you know what? Here's what the this is what's going to here's the price list for me to go over to the VIP. Mm-hmm. The VIP is nice with access and things like that. So I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to have I want to be able to take care of everybody. Right. You know, if you didn't want to pay that price, I still had a general area for you to come and still enjoy the audience. Now, this is nice on the, over here. It's very yeah, nice. Very yeah. Nice. You know, it, it is. So, but that is a little bit step up nicer. Mm-hmm. But that's what the vision was to be able to do that. Yeah. Man, I, I'm loving the space. It, I really enjoy the blue. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like uh, the room is larger than the first time we saw it for sure. Absolutely. It feels great in Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Um, I know some places I get a little too warm, but here I've been feeling cool. Um, the ventilation is keeping it clear. I mean, this is those are two big sale points for me, and I would be back. Absolutely. <laughs> so one one of the things in talking to all the owners uh, through this journey, mm-hmm. your big expense is the ventilation. And I've been to several places where the ventilation is not good but that's their business model. Right. They're right. not there for you to sit down. Yeah. They're there for you to sell cigars. And I yeah. get that. But I wanted to have the best of both worlds. Mm. So I did a, I did some extensive research uh, on the uh, on this. And I have to give another shout out to Parker's uh, Heating and Cooling, which is right around the corner from me. Uh, Bo there. Bo is phenomenal. Mm. Uh, I have to give a shout out to him. He walked me through the process. It was a learning process process for him too because he's never done this and that's the reason why I went with him because I love dealing with people who've never done anything before because it allows them to think outside the box and that's what I needed. I needed somebody to think outside the box to do some things uh, because at the end of the day we all should be able to think outside the box and not be constrained to what people say that we can or cannot do. Right. Uh, so, But they came in and he saw the vision and helped me but that was one of the biggest expenses is the ventilation and then the inventory is the second. Mm. And that was one that that was the thing that was consistent as I was talking to these other business owners is ventilation so they can smoke, inventory so they can have a variety to do that. Uh, so, you know, working through the, and I'm learning every day about, uh, I thought I knew a lot of things about cigars on the uh, customer side, the consumer side, of consumer things, side, right? but on the, on the, on this side of it, it's mm. totally different. Cause I'm realizing that what I like, you don't like. <laughs> so I'm not going to invest in what I like because you might not like it. Mm. And you also have to listen to your customers as well. Mm. You know, one thing about Richard is like, I mean, you got to get some Blanco nines in there, you know, Blanco nines and it's coming. Mm. So, you know, you have to listen, you have to listen to your customer base, but everybody that's come in here has been very accommodating and they also like to try different things. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. That's over 2000, different type of cigars in the boutique industry. Wow. So, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, they're popping up all the time. Huh. 
So it makes it interesting that you can quite naturally come in here and not even heard of it. Yeah. But once you smoke it, you're going to say, hey, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's For exactly that. what I did with the Blancos. Mm-hmm. Is it was a cigar I had never heard of before. Right. And uh, actually, I think the first time we went, we Mitch and I came in and sat down with you, and it was it was a dark room with a fan and yeah. a couple of lights, <laughs> right, right. you know. And you sent us home with a couple of blancos. Yes. And mm. I kept mine in my humidor for a couple of months, three months maybe, and then finally it was it was one of those days where I had just it's been a rough day. I was going outside. I needed. I didn't really care what it was I was going to smoke. So I opened up my humidor and just sitting on top was the blanco nine. Oh yeah. And yes. I grabbed it. I lit it up. I was outside. I was drinking. Uh, it, it was a drink that didn't even pair with a cigar. I think it was a whiskey sour. I was talking mm. to David Blanco about that. Right, right. And he was like, "Why are we drinking a whiskey sour with a with a cigar?" It just it was what I needed that day, and uh, it just I fell in love with the cigar. And and Charles is right. I'll sit there when you get the number nines. When you get yeah. the number nines, because I want to stock up on those. And that brings me to a point I want to make, as well as a question: mm. is the the parallel between beer mm-hmm. and the craft beer industry and the cigar industry, yes. because there's there's people that are going to be our tagline is is we discuss craft beer and anything that accompanies a glass, right? You know, so there are going to be people that go, hey, cigar lounge, cool. You guys are talking about a cigar lounge on the craft beer podcast. Why? Right. There is a direct correlation between the two industries. One, yes. they go well together, absolutely. For one, but two. The industries are very similar in a sense that there is a shitload of selection out there for both of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. 2,000 different yes. unique cigars yes. just in the boutique cigar industry alone. Yes. So my question is, with all of that that you have available mm-hmm. to you at your disposal, what's the plan for carrying and what do you want to carry here at Whiskey and Sticks? So that, that that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that... Uh, because I consider myself an underdog, I am looking for a boutique uh, cigar uh, that first have not ever been in Tennessee and they're looking to break into the market. And I believe in, because I was afforded the opportunity by Mr. Gresham to come in here and he believed in small businesses. So I want to pass that on to the other people that are starting up or doing some things. So uh, that's kind of been my mindset. You know, I don't want to go mainstream. Everybody has the Perdomos. Everybody has the Drew Estates. Everybody has the Crown Heads. Great cigars. Yeah. For the people who love those. Mm-hmm. But what about the people who have never experienced a cigar? Yes. Right. Maybe their price point is not where a Perdomo or a Palencia or something mm-hmm. like that needs to be. So it behooves me to kind of come in and say, hey, you know what? Let's bring in, let's bring in some boutique cigars. They're in the $12 to $15 range, mm-hmm. or maybe even a good $10 cigars. And what I'm finding in the craft industry, boutique, mm-hmm. there are a lot of great cigars for $10, bro. A oh, lot. And here's another thing, too. If we did a blind taste test on cigars. I could put a Davidoff that runs you 40, 50 bucks. I can do a $10 cigar. Mm-hmm. With you not having any knowledge. I'd smoke either one of them. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. So 
But when I tell you the price of that, mm. the first thing you're going to say is, I can't afford it. Mm. Yes, you can afford it. Because this particular stick that I'm having is cost effective for you. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I don't ever want to do, I don't ever want to price myself out the market. Mm. Yeah. Because here's a beautiful thing about whiskey and sticks. So we are a membership-based mm. private lounge. But I have, I, I have a $10 daily membership. Where anybody off the street can come in for a ten dollar daily membership, but I also have a nice ten dollar cigar because it doesn't make sense for you to come in if it's your, especially if your first experience. Mm. You come in to enjoy the ambiance for ten dollars, and then I have a twenty dollar cigar. That's right. not gonna fly. So my business model was: you paying a membership to come in here because you get this exclusivity of being a private lounge. Mm-hmm. But also, you have you not you're not feeling that you're getting raped over the coals right. for paying for a decent cigar. So that's kind of where that business model came to pass for that. Mm. Now I've gotten a lot of people say, and I'm also I found this out yesterday. Uh, now I'm known as the guy that has a ten thousand dollar membership. <laughs> Interesting. And I do have a ten thousand dollar membership because. I wanted to be able to offer a lifetime smoke to somebody. Yes. Because if you look at it, if you're a smoker, you spend five to six grand a year anyway. Oh, yeah. So this add add four more thousand to that and have cigars lifetime for that. Mm -hmm. And it would be boutique. Mm -hmm. So I I do a lot of things different. So I have my entry level. I have the the entry level is $10 a $10. daily membership. Mm-hmm. I have a $100 monthly membership. Mm. I have a $1,500 for your lockers for that. I have a $3,500 uh, membership for the VIP. Mm-hmm. I have a $5,000 for corporate, and I have that $10,000 lifetime membership. It was only paid one time mm. for that. That's so I wanted to I wanted to bring the service. I want to have the a different type of look on people because I, I – one thing I love about I love conversation, and that's one reason why I'm not having any TVs in here because mm-hmm. America has lost conversation. Yeah. We we have <laughs> we have <laughs> lost that. You know that's why there's so many podcasts out there mm-hmm. for that because people are striving for conversation. Yes. Now, one thing is, men sometimes we don't necessarily have a place where we feel that we can go to have a conversation. But let me digress. Mm. The fastest growing segment of cigars, 70%, is females. Really? Females are the are it because you gotta look at it. Females, their palate is so different. So one of my uh one of my good friends, she's in the whiskey industry. She's real tough. But her palate on whiskey is so phenomenal that she's done she's done some of my pairings for me for that. Now uh, we have to say these whiskey and sticks. We don't serve alcohol, but we able you able to bring your own in. And then if you're part of the VIP, then we uh, you can get a bottle from us because that's in your membership. But you can bring your stuff in. So I don't want to tell people to come in and buy a drink. That's not what we do. Right. But I wanted to have a place where you might go to. You might go to, for instance. You might go to a bar. You might not like their own selection, or you might be forced to bring you know to buy something you don't want. Mm-hmm. Whiskey and sticks will allow you to bring your own in. So that gives you that the ease. Well, I know what I like, and I'm going to have that, right? Right. So w- with that said, 
it's a totally, it, it, I want to put the customer in control mm. because without the customers, I can't survive. But it just makes sense to me during this, during the processes for that to happen. And that's kind of where that business model comes. Plus the, you know, the customer service and a white glove approach. Now we mentioned the white glove approach. So what my research has been back in the speakeasy days, it was, everything was underground. You didn't, you couldn't have the, the whiskey and all that stuff. So you went to the underground uh, and it was very unassuming until you got there. But the, the guys and the girls that were in there, they were dressed a certain way. They were dressed with bow ties, white shirts, vests, mm. very clean, very, very, you know, this, this, <laughs> I love that era. Yeah. Right. Cause it was something you wasn't supposed to do, but it felt good doing it. So mm. everybody was doing it. Right. So they, they had this white glove experience. And basically what I do is I'm able to cut and light your cigar. No one does that anymore. I put the gloves on because I want you to, I want you to, have, now it doesn't happen all the time. It's your first time experience, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But I want you to have that first time experience because you'll never forget that. We'll cut, we'll roast, and then we'll light your cigar for you. Who's doing that? Mm. Nobody. I researched it. Unless they're doing it now, nobody's doing that. So that's part of that customer service because at the end of the day, we're in the customer service. If you go to your Walmarts, they got these self-checkout stuff. All right. Freaking bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Who? You're spending your money. So why not give the extra level of experience for that to happen? And I value anybody. If you spend $10, to me, you're spending a million dollars to me because you could go anywhere else. Mm. I really appreciate that. And please don't get it. I appreciate anything. But here's another thing. I don't have any expectations either. Because if I put expectation, it becomes a number game. And then mm. I'm going to start worrying about, I need this many people to come in to buy. Don't do that. Because I know at the level of experience that you're getting right here in Whiskey and Sticks, you're going to come back. Yeah. I haven't done a lot of advertisement. I don't need to. Because it's not for everyone. And I realize that too. It's not for everyone. But for the people who, who want to experience that, you will never forget it. Yes. And that's kind of where we're, that's kind of the, that whole, at the end of the day, that's what we're looking at. I love it, man. That's yeah. whiskey and sticks, man. Yes. In a nutshell. I learned how to do a V-cut on a box press cigar. All <laughs> thanks to you. That was, that was your recommendation. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, there's certain, you know, and I had to learn it myself. Mm. And I'm just passing, just passing the knowledge that was given to me. Uh, you know, some people, uh, if you want to do it the proper way, there's always a proper way to do things. Mm. But if you're not proper, it doesn't make sense to you, right? Right. So you're a proper guy. <laughs> At times. <laughs> so basically, you're, you're a proper guy, bro. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Now, 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 Rich, I call yeah. my nickname is I call him Slick Rick. <laughs> Slick Rick. Slick Rick is, is I think we kindred spirits, mm. for real. Uh, you know, I gravitate to anybody that puts family first. Mm. But also that enjoys a great cigar and great drinks, no matter what. And he's and he was willing to experiment outside the box. That's basically what we want to do. Yeah. You know, come in here and have a different experience. You know, don't come in here expecting the, the the same old, same old. Come in here with a little bit of pep in your step. Mm. You know, I would match your energy any way you come in here, mm -hmm. negative or positive. I'm going, still going to welcome you yeah. in here, but I promise you when you leave, 
I might be a, a SOB, <laughs> but you're going to have that experience, you know, when you come in here. And that's what makes it great. Mm. You know, and that's one thing I love about this industry. And we, we've always come back to this. It doesn't matter color. It doesn't matter your economic background, your education. A cigar lounge is is the new couch. It's a new philosophy. Yes. It's a new therapy for guys and females. Yeah. Cause now it's open up to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that that's why that's why I'm glad I'm I'm able to to at least have something to offer. And then also to grow. You know, to be able to grow and do that. So that that that's that's basically what whiskey and sticks is. Cigars and equalizer. Mm-hmm. All walks of life. Yep. What's uh what's next for whiskey and sticks? Moving so into the closing area here. What right. what are you I know you're doing, I mean, you've got bourbon clubs and tastings and things like that. And even off off the mics, we were talking about possibly bringing a, a potential beer. Yes, beer, beer beer's this. the only thing that I really beer's my first love. So I would love to have, you know, to start a beer share here. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of good cigars that go with beer. Yeah. So w- w- what you're saying is, it's just expanding, expanding the brand in a way that is controllable and sustainable, mm. with 80 percent of that being customer service. Uh, I'm going to be here for a while uh, because this is my business, and like I said, this is my seventh business. That I that I'm that I'm currently engaged with, but every business that I've ever been with has always been customer service. Mm. Without the customers, we, we we're just a building, right? Uh, so I want to be able to make the investment in the, in the t- community, and I see this just as a start. I see us uh, branding and going into other states. I've already been uh, uh, approached by doing something in, in other states based on the philosophy that we have here. Mm. So that's the opportunity right there. Uh, I definitely want to get into the mobile aspect of it. Because oh, yeah. originally that was my first thought was to have a mobile cigar lounge because mm. I just simply couldn't find a place that was economical for me to make it fit. So that's another component. But also bring people to the table uh, that have brands that could not get into these other places because it is not well known just being a a, a, a a springboard and a talk piece for these other boutique brands that are just now starting up that's that's the goal because the old saying is uh all ties raises all ships i i can bring a lot of ships to the table i just want to be the tie that brings everybody here mm. and that's the philosophy what do you think mitch no oh, that was beautiful <laughs> I'm opening up my sales now. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, man. The cigars are great. The drinks are great. The atmosphere is great. Um, it's $10 and then a $10 cigar gets oh, you a, a good time, a relaxing space. I appreciate the I appreciate the the lack of outside noise, television, entertainment yes. industry like all that's left at the door mm. when you walk in because immediately you move into this relaxing atmosphere that's designed from the ground up to just center on conversation and relaxation. Yeah. And keep the noise of sports outside. Yes. You know, there's places for that. There's bars, mm-hmm. there's Absolutely. lounges, sports bars and oh, things yeah. for that. 
And that's not the feel that is trying to be perceived here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the one thing is that, and I correct a lot of people as well. You know, I'm not a bar. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a shop. I am a lounge. lounge. Because, you know, if you look, there's different, there's different uh, descriptions of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, and I correct people because I want you to be able to tell the story right. Because once you leave here, you, you're going to tell somebody about the experience. Yep. And it needs to be told correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm pushing that. We are a lounge and we are a conversational lounge. Uh, now, I've had some of my good friends saying, you know, you need to bring a TV in here. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. Distraction is distraction. We got enough distractions in the world anyway. You know, we're on our phones. We got constantly the, the media in the air and stuff like oh, yeah. that. But I want you to come in here and kind of just de- depress, decompress in here. And one thing about this, I want to let everybody know, this is Switzerland here. We're all neutral. Mm. You can fight. You can fight before you come in the door. But when you come in the door, <laughs> it's like the Continental and John Wick. When you come in here, hey, we're going to have a great cigar. We're going to drink what you drink. We're going to share. We're going to have a good time. And once we get out in the world, <laughs> either we're going to be better for it or we're still going to fight. I love yes. that you call this yes. place the Continental. The Continental, yes. bro. This the continental. Is, when everybody comes inside, there's a set of rules to follow. That, that's right. And, that, and you're not allowed to do certain things. That's right. Everybody's an equal person inside. Right. Once you yes. step outside those doors, right. you can do, you, war you can, can right. assume and that's can right. continue on. That's right. And, yeah. and that's the best way. I, and, I, and, I, and I love the John Wick movies because yeah. the structure. Yes. When you go into the Continental, did, did you ever see any TVs? Nope. Nope. Everybody was in there having a meal, having a good drink, and having a conversation. Being civil. Mm-hmm. That's that's what needs to be brought back, and it can all be done by just having a place where you promote that. Yes, that's what it's about. Final thoughts, Mitch. Man, I, I want to finish my cigar. I want to drink the rest of this whiskey. I think it's time for less distractions. Yes, <laughs> I agree. It's been a pleasure, Charles. Hey, hey brother. Like like I said, Doc, it, it's been a long time coming. And for the first time I met you guys, I told you that I would do everything in my power to help you guys. And anything that that I can do personally or anything whiskey can, stay, can do, mm. uh, I'm game, brother, because I, I think this is much needed. And I think we can definitely help each other grow. Help each other. Bring everybody up at the same time. Whiskey and Sticks, Murfreesboro, 630 Northwest Broad Street. Starting out, maybe expansions in the future, but at, for right now, that's that's the address to be at. That's right. right that's right. Yep. Um, we're gonna plug socials, Instagram, Facebooks, all that. You post daily. Yes. On Facebook, cigar clock. What are you smoking? He's mm. always engaging his followers, seeing you know what are you smoking right now. Set post pictures, comment on what you're smoking. So we're gonna plug all those. But whiskeyandsticks.com, six thirty Northwest Broad Street. It's been a pleasure, Charles. We appreciate it, sir. Uh, we're going to sit here for a little while, Mitch, and at least finish the cigar. Oh, yeah. Right. And then, uh, oh, plug. Does he want to plug anything before we're done? I always yeah. forget that part. <laughs> no, Every yeah, single yeah, that's time. That's fine. That's fine. Just, you know, one one of the things that, that I want to do is just, you know, our tagline is sit, smoke, stay, and, and savor. Mm. That sums it up what we want to do. We want you to come in. We want you to just have an enjoyable time. Mm. At least experience it once. That's all, all I want. If you spirit it once, I promise you, you'll come back. Sounds great, Mitch. Well, you know where we're at. Yep. Come on by. That's awesome. We appreciate sitting down with us today, Charles, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Cheers and sweet smokes to everybody. Cheers. Cheers.